Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. You're listening to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, Women Who Fear the Lord. I am your host, Isabel LeBron. to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, Women Who Fear the Lord. <laughs> well, I know this is not the voice that you normally hear. I am our Lemmys. I normally just host the testimony part of the podcast. And we have our dear friend, Isabel, who hosts this part of the podcast, Women Who Fear the Lord. And she's actually here with me. So say hi. <laughs> and today we actually have a special guest. She is a returning guest. Uh, if you listen to season two, episode 17, Deborah Gandhi, you might remember her testimony. And I asked her to join us on this episode because, well, let me explain why we're going to be doing this uh, special episode. Um, I follow her social media and I see a lot of the things that she posts and especially on her story. And if you follow her blog page as well. Uh, I think just like many of us, you know, you are encouraged through just everything that she's sharing from motherhood and just raising her child. But also, I found something very interesting, Dara, that you did. And actually, I forgot to say that for you to say hi. <laughs> I want you to say hi. <laughs> you can say hi. Oh, hi. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, sorry, guys. This is our first time doing this. I don't want to just do like you know, like full interview style. But uh, as I was saying, uh, the reason why we're doing this episode it's because just like you have seen so many amazing content from Deborah, I I appreciated one that she did, which also you know, I was like, well, okay, I didn't think about those things in that way, and that has to do with the entertaining industry, and that talking about movies or social media, books that we read or music that we listen to. And I appreciate it because I actually moved here to LA to pursue the film industry. Uh, that's why I ended up out here. And I went to film school for about four, three years. I graduated in 2017 and I got a degree in uh, film and TV directing. And one of the things that we had to do a lot was like watching old movies. So from the very beginning, all the way to the very, the most, you know, like present time movies. And just to think the effect that movies, books, music 
social media can have in our lives. And I loved what uh, this series that uh, Della did on uh, Instagram story. And she basically started like reviewing the Disney Princess movies. <laughs> Well, why did you start doing that, Deborah? Oh, wait, what did you say? Why did you start doing that on reviewing the, the movies? What made you decide to do that? Oh, so um, you tend to watch movies when you have a toddler. And the ones that she likes, of course, are the princess ones. And um, I've always, I mean, I like watching movies myself. So even when I was watching them, with her, I just started noticing a lot of things in these Disney princess movies that are really not helpful and not good. And um, that's kind of how I started it was just when I had, I got sick and I had to watch a lot of movies with her because I wasn't feeling well. So she was, it was just us like on the couch watching a lot of movies together during the day. Um, but I was really thankful because it made me watch them with her instead of just letting her, oh, here's the iPad, you can watch and then have fun by herself. And that made me see all of these things in um, kids' movies that are not helpful. And then I don't really remember how I started talking about it on Instagram, but um, I think just I had mentioned it maybe during the day and then it was late at night and someone was asking me more questions, I think. And then I just decided to talk about a whole movie and then everyone really enjoyed it. So I did a couple more um movies just talking about what specific things in them are not um not good and I was mainly saying too that we don't watch very many movies now because I think there are a lot of um bad things in them that I don't really or that I'm not ready for my daughter to be watching yeah. it so that's kind of the premise yeah of why I ended up talking about them so much on Instagram yeah and we're going to be talking about some of the things that you discover in this movie <laughs> that I found very interesting. Um, but, you know, and I, I think uh, some of the questions, I guess, that, uh, that, that, that we can be asking ourselves. So does the Bible say anything about what we should watch, read, or listen to? And I know that Isabel did an episode that we released on uh, about Christ, uh, Christian liberty. Right. And we talked a lot about uh, you know, like, what if the Bible doesn't talk about this topic, right, directly? So what do we do? Like, right? right? So then we go to like, okay, so why should I care about these things, right? And are they bad? Is it a sin? Right. You know, so so that's what we're going to try to uh, discuss today. And I have these two ladies that I'm going to be asking the questions to. <laughs> you know, the questions. But I do have a couple of verses. And before I got into that, also... Um, I know that we will be talking about sanctification because everything that we do, right, it's either helping us in our sanctification or drawing us away from our sanctification. And I was uh, reading on the, so the systematic biblical doctrine, right? And it says, so basically the systematic biblical doctrine defines sanctification as uh, it is uh, closely connected to holiness, uh, sanctification or being set apart in salvation shall result in believers being set apart from Christian living, right? So we are to be set apart. And I know that you also uh, gave the definition of this term also in the in one of the episodes. I can't right. remember if it was in the Christian Liberty one. 
I can't remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> I'm still editing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she, it, Isabel, one of the episodes, she just uh, defines this term and does a wonderful job also doing that. So basically, God's plan for all of us is to be more like Christ, right? So, um, and he set the standards in the Bible, right, for all of us, though he doesn't necessarily like tell us like what movies movies to watch or what book to read or what music to listen to there is a standard though that we have to follow right so i want to read from ephesians 4 29 to 32 so actually i'm going to have isabel read ephesians 4. i'm going to have isabel read ephesians 4 mm-hmm. uh verses 29 to 32 okay ephesians yeah. 4 Okay, 29 through 32. Let mm-hmm. no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Perfect. And again, like if this is like what the Lord, like the standard that the Lord has um, giving us, right? So what are we doing to make sure that this is where we're moving towards to, right? Uh, especially that part. I like that part of the verse says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, right? And that has to do a lot with what we do. And maybe it's not necessarily outwardly, but even in our minds and our heart, you know, like what is it that we have in our hearts and mind? Because nobody can see it, but the Lord can. Right. Another thing, another episode that you did also, it's, it was about how, and this is the one that is coming up soon. Uh, how can a woman keep her way pure, right? So now how can we all keep our right, our mind pure? That's something that I also want to, I want all of us to be thinking about, right? As we talk about this thing. So is what I'm watching, is what I'm listening to, reading, helping me to keep a pure mind and a pure heart? Because that's the goal, right? Uh, and I'm going to read, I'm going to ask you to read, actually. Uh, so, and for that verse, um, for this a question, I want you to read Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16. Okay, 9 to 16. Mm-hmm. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yes, let's just yeah. Sorry, yeah, I had actually more than that. So again, right? So how can a can a young man keep his pure, uh, his way pure? And actually, I just started editing her episode about this, and she says, "You said, well, he gives you the answer right in there. Right? Where's right. the answer? Is well, the answer is um, by guarding it according to your word. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much the answer. Meditating on his word." Yeah, um, reading his word. That's how you guard it. Exactly. So that means then, if I am not reading God's word, then I will know the standard to decide to be, you know, to make wise decision to to discern whether something is actually good for me if it's profitable for me, right? right? right. All right. So, um, I have a question before we proceed for both of you, and it's you're both moms. I'm not a mom yet. <laughs> But I would love to hear for, I'm going to start with Deborah. So as a mom and according to God's word, what is your responsibility as a mom? Like with, you know, to raise your child. Oh, um, 
Well, according to God's word, I think, I don't know the exact reference, but in Deuteronomy, it says to teach your children um, about the Lord and his laws and his ways when you're sitting down, when you're rising up, when you're walking on the way. So pretty much all of the time you are to be um, raising your children in the Lord and teaching them about uh, what he requires and about the gospel and how we're all sinners and that Jesus died for them and that we should believe in him and live for him all of our days in general. That's what the whole goal is of motherhood is just, or in parenthood, not just mothers, dads do that too. Um, it is, you know, pointing your kids to Christ and raising them uh, to, kn- to know and love him. Yeah. And as well, do you have, would you like to add anything? Um, I think that's where it's, it's also, I mean, completely 100% agree with that, but also um, just helping them navigate, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of them, we don't all um, automatically have discernment when we're believers, and it's just really helping them navigate what, what, whether movies or what that looks like for them, mm-hmm. um, and just helping them have um, biblical worldview, that's what mm-hmm. we're really training them to have a biblical worldview. Yeah. And I think it's so sad to see that um, a lot of parents let their child to make the decisions that they, they, the parents should be making for them. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's difficult to distinguish who is the parent and who is a child in the family, you know, and that's really sad because you, it should be clear. Um, You as a parent, you are responsible to instruct your child but also to protect them. Right. And, and I think sometimes it could be some, um, when I see that part of it, it's just kind of lazy parenting. Like, obviously, my kids are adults. Never, her child is small. It takes effort. Like, mm-hmm. for her to sit there and watch and discern and be able to pick that up, even though she's three, mm-hmm. like, it takes a lot of effort to do that. It's not just, you know, like you said, I see a lot of people just hand their child the tablet and just go mm-hmm. down without ever really thinking what are the messages that we're getting, that the world is trying to steal our children's heart, the enemy wants to steal their heart. And mm-hmm. that's what I appreciate when I see moms doing doing that hard work and saying, wait, that's just not appropriate. I, if I could go back, because I was such a young mom and a young believer, I would probably would have spent more time doing it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize just how important that was to navigate and help them and just go, that's just not appropriate to, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Something else also, if you know, like, yes, there will be probably moms that will be listening to this, but even if you are single or you're dating or yes, you're married. So for whoever it is, um, I think it's the same responsibility for uh, us individually to uh, know what are we most sensitive to, right. you know? So, how can we um, protect ourselves too mm-hmm. from the things that we know that will make us stumble? Right. Right. So that's where we will be getting into whether you have kids, whether you're single, you're married, whatever stage you're, you're on in your life or whatever season you're on in your life. I hope and pray that this will be helpful for you. And with that, I would like to leave it on to Deborah. So if you will uh, just talk to us a little bit about some of the movies and some of the things that you have been reviewing and some of the things that you noticed in this movie that actually, <laughs> I love them. Like I love some of the movies that you comment on and I'm like, 
Oh, I actually didn't see that. So let's see, then you can take it on. <laughs> okay. I think um, even before we talk about, you know, which movies to watch or things I found in movies, I think as Christians, if we're, like you said, if we're moms or not moms or single or whatever, we have to first ask, um, can we even watch movies to God's glory in general? Like, does that even glorify God? And especially after this year where we've been at home so much, I think that is a really important question to mm -hmm. first think about. And um, Paul gives us some instructions as far as entertainment goes, not about movies, obviously, yeah. in the Bible. But in uh, 1 Timothy, he talks about in chapter 4, he says that um, everything is created by God and is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer and then later in chapter six he says charge Christians remember he's talking to Timothy so he's saying to Timothy charge the Christians in your church to not be haughty or to set their hopes on the certainty or sorry on the uncertainty of riches but on God who is richly providing us with everything to enjoy so in those verses, Paul is saying that God wants us to enjoy life when it's in Christ. We can enjoy all things in Christ. And I think that covers entertainment in and of itself. It's not sinful to watch a movie or to be entertained or to enjoy watching a movie. So I also um, was really encouraged by something that John Piper said. So I want to read a quote of his um, it's kind of long, but I, it's really helpful as far yeah. as seeking to um, find joy and um, just how Christians can think about entertainment in general. So this is what John Piper says. Um, Seek to bring every act into connection with the Lord. And the more difficult that is, the more likely it is that the act should be replaced with something more fruitful. In other words, put everything through this grid and then he gives um, three Bible verses to think about. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And then whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's Colossians 3, 17. And then the last one that he gives is 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let all that you do be done in love. And then he says, these are the three tests or three ways to connect everything to Jesus. All for his glory, all in the name of Jesus and all in the cause of loving others. And that's mm -hmm. the end of the quote. But uh, that was a really helpful grid of those Bible verses to just think of those three ways. Like if we're watching movies, does that give glory to God? Does it show that it can love others? So when I was thinking through this, I think movies can be a really helpful gift from the Lord. They're enjoyable and they give us insight into the world that we live in and the people we live with in the world. And um, it can give, which can give, or which can help us give God glory for our own salvation. And then see that Jesus is above man-made idols. And it, I think in some ways movies can even help us share the gospel with other people because mm -hmm. we can see what other people are like through a movie or just be reminded of the sinfulness of man in a movie, you know? So I think that cannot, those reasons can all give glory to God. So, uh, and I think one of the reasons that movies are so enjoyable and enticing is because they are the only art form that is so life-like. If you think about your life, you're basically living a movie 
every day. And then when you mm -hmm. see it on screen, it's exactly like what you're seeing every day because your your vision only goes as far as like your eyeballs, which is like this, right? <laughs> and when you're watching a movie, you yeah. are literally watching a screen that's like this. And, you know, things are moving and there's people. And so I think that's one reason or probably the main reason that we enjoy movies so much. But I think that also shows us that movies are, um, they have a lot of power and influence over us. Like, I'm sure both of you have been watching a movie sometime and then it's over. And then you don't even realize that you were living the movie. Like you weren't thinking about anything else in your life. Yeah. You were just enjoying <laughs> the movie, right? That happens yeah. so often. Yep. <laughs> so I think that is, um, oh, wait, what? That happened last night. You watched the movie and it was like, that's all I could focus on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that is one or really an important thing to notice about movies is that they can have so much power over you. And that's why um, it's important to be discerning when you're watching mm -hmm. movies and to um, not just let them entertain you for 90 minutes, but to, you know, be careful about what you're watching and what you are um, spending time doing and there will never be unfortunately a list of like do not watch these movies but you can watch these movies which is really what it comes down to that would be so much easier to just say don't watch this you can watch this don't watch it mm -hmm. but um, there will always be a movie that I, th I think there will always be a movie that someone could be offended by or could be too far for them or make them stumble or whatever it is and there will always be a movie that probably won't offend anyone and will, you know, on the other side of the spectrum. So mm -hmm. that's why you have to be discerning. And I think the best way to start being discerning is by really studying your Bible, like what mm -hmm. you guys were saying at the beginning. And we talked about Psalm 119. Um, if you don't know the Bible, then you're not going to have a way to know the truth and to know, okay, is this good? Should I be watching this? And uh, we have to remember that the key to one of my professors in college says the key to a godly life is to fill your heart and mind with scripture, because mm -hmm. that's how you can judge everything that is going on in your life is only through the lens of scripture. Um, so when it comes to movies, you have to be reading your Bible in order to be discerning when you're watching or when you're choosing what to watch. And I reminded myself of Hebrews 4.12, which says that the word of God is living and active. And even though it was written so long ago, it is helpful when you're choosing to watch a movie nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so um, knowing your Bible is the best way to know uh, what you should or should not watch. And then when you've studied your Bible, I think the next step is to listen to your conscience because when you're reading your Bible and in your word, in the word every day, immersing yourself in scripture, then you can listen to the Holy Spirit that gives you your conscience and you can make decisions based on that because it's been informed by scripture. And um, I think that is probably the hardest step because it's easy sometimes, or I shouldn't say it's easy, but sometimes it's easier to not listen to your conscience, especially I think when you're not married, maybe you're with a group mm -hmm. of friends, go see a movie. And then you're like, Oh, I don't know mm -hmm. about that movie, or I'm not sure those things can be difficult. And it's, it's sometimes you have to be brave and say, I'm not really comfortable with watching that movie, or 
hey, maybe let's watch something else, you know? And I think that's um, the next step is to really take those actions and listen to your conscience as it has informed you from the Bible. And I think it is sometimes difficult to do that, but you should never be ashamed that you feel uncomfortable watching something and to just, you know, go out and say, Hey, I'm really not comfortable watching this. I'm either watch something else or, you know, I'll just leave. I'll go do something else. It's not worth searing your conscience to watch a movie with your friends. And um, so you should never be ashamed of saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this and I want to do something else or, um, yeah. And it's not, not that you have to force that on other people. It's just saying for yourself, Hey, this is not what I want to watch. And this is not going to be helpful to me. And so that is the, sometimes the hardest part is to listen, listen to the wisdom that your conscience gives you through the Holy Spirit. Um, And then after, like when you've worked on listening to your conscience, I think then you can really enjoy watching movies and you can, um, you know, be discerning about what you're watching, but you can't just view them as entertainment. You need to be careful about the messages they're sending. And even if you're watching something that's a good movie and doesn't have, and you feel comfortable watching it, I think there's still a lot of um, meaning and philosophies that come through movies and you have to still be discerning even while you're just enjoying it and having a good time watching a movie. My, I read a book that is uh, one of my college professors wrote it. His name is Grant Horner and it's called Meaning at the Movies. And it's really helpful. He goes through a lot of um, different movie genres. If you're not really into movies, it might be like a little nerdy for you, but it was really helpful for me. And I loved it because I love like old movies and stuff. But one yeah. thing he says is, um, I'll just read a quote so I don't misquote him. He says, everything has meaning and relevance because God rightly claims sovereignty over all aspects of our lives no matter how minor they appear. Movies are very philosophical in that they represent what we believe, what we dream of, what we hope for, and what we are at the core of our being. So his book is built on the premise of Romans 1:18 that talks about how unbelievers suppress the truth inside of them. And then his mm-hmm. book talks about how that truth is suppressed, but he believes that it's not ever eradicated. It's in us. The truth is in us that God is real and you know we need a savior and we're sinful and um sorry my throat is like weird now uh so he says that people suppress it but it comes out that truth comes out a lot of times in movies and we can see the truth in the movies if you're being discerning and watching even though the people that made them may not even realize that it's in there and uh I talked about this a little bit when I t- talked about my uh, Disney princess analyzing, I don't know what to call it, conversations. I talked about this. <laughs> like uh, reviews? I, reviews? This, uh, I was reviewing the Disney princess movies that um, even in those, I think you can see suppressed truth coming out of unbelievers. Because if you think of a Disney movie, prin- Disney princess movie, there's a princess who usually is in some sort of distress and struggle. She's a damsel in distress, if you will. And then in the story, either she saves herself or someone comes to save her. Usually someone comes and she's helpless. She can't do it on her own and she needs help. And someone comes to save her. So mm-hmm. that's like classic damsel in distress story. Like there's even a type damsel in distress. There's even a title for 
explore it, right? And <laughs> if you think about it, the whole story of redemption is really a damsel in distress story. We are sinners. We can't save ourselves. There's no way that we're getting to heaven. And then God loves us and sends Jesus to save us and take our place so that we can be saved. And then to take the analogy farther in Revelation 19, the church is his bride that he marries and lives happily ever after with in eternity, <laughs> right? So without knowing it, the people who have made damsel in distress type stories, and that's not just Disney princess movies. There's so many movies that are even adult movies that are, you know, um, about a damsel in distress. Without knowing it, they have actually made the story of the Bible, the grand rescue story of Jesus rescuing us. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that that is one way that the truth that's being suppressed is coming out. And I think that it happens a lot of, more often than we even realize. And I think this can actually get really fun when you're watching movies to see where the truth is coming out and they probably don't even realize it. Another example, the uh, unbelievers in the world will often tell you that people are generally good, right? That we are good and we're not sinners. And like, if you've heard street evangelists, they can sometimes start with that. Like, do you think you are a good person? Right. And most people will say yes. But if you're if you're reading your Bible, you know that's not true. Romans 3, 23, you know, says we're all sinners and we are all terrible people at our core. And Jesus is the only one that can save us. And so that's the suppression of the truth when you come to movies. Because in movies, have you ever noticed that there's never a movie where there's not some sort of conflict, right? Yeah. And all conflict comes from sin ultimately, but because we're sinners, and so here's the world saying, oh, we're all, we're generally good. We're, you know, we're not going, we're not, we don't deserve death or hell or anything. But then when you watch a movie, there's always a conflict. I've never yeah. seen a movie where someone gets married, falls in love. They have the perfect children. They never fight. They get the house they want. They get the job yeah. they want. They live happily ever after. They have grandkids and everything is fine, right? There's, ne there's never a movie like that. And if there was, it would be really boring. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, just to add to that, and film school, whenever, you know, when you go to film school, you have to go through script writing, you have to do producing. So every different uh, crew position that there is in the industry, you kind of have to like do a class that teaches you that. And I remember screenwriting, oh my word, not the best <laughs> screenwriter ever. It was difficult for me. Because it seems like my conflict wasn't ever as good. Like you have like mm -hmm. something that it's like a main thing and it has to be sold pretty good. Like the conflict yeah. has to be realistic. It has to make sense. And then you have to have the perfect ending because just something that you were saying, it's like in every movie, we expect a happy ending. And I think it was Abner Chow one day that he was preaching. I can't remember in which song, but it was like, um, it was something about like uh, a biblical per perspective, right? And he mentioned something about how many of you, if you watch a movie and they killed your, your protagonist, <laughs> you will be like, you know, like you will be like happy at the end of the movie. Not of us. If the right. protagonist, like any time that we are introduced that this is our main character, I'm like, yeah, he won't die because he's the main character. 
you know so that's yeah. like my automatic response like no he's my main character he cannot die <laughs> so then right. we already have a um uh we already have like a expectation right yeah yeah i think that is where you know people are suppressing the truth that you want the reality is that we have god's truth inside of us and we want to have a happy a happy ending where we're with the lord and jesus makes that possible and you see that coming out in movies whether the people who who write the movies are conscious of that or not i don't know some of them could be christians and know that but i don't think most of them are especially in hollywood and so um, (laughs) very rare you know it's just how the the truth is coming out in their movies whether they think about think it is or think about it um or not it it's there uh so there are there there are like so many examples of suppression of truth and then coming out those are two that um i think are very interesting to see and to look for in movies and but that's why we can't really see movies just as entertainment because they are talking about truth and about good and evil and about um the world and different worldviews and you have to see that and compare it to the truth of god's word that you're studying and reading and immersing yourself in and when you're watching a movie you can a lot of times i think it can make you rejoice at your salvation when you see how sad sometimes movies can be or how hopeless the worldview is when they don't have God in it or rejoicing in your salvation and then rejoicing too that God gets it right every time even when the story Mm -hmm. in the movie is not right or godly in the end and Mm -hmm. I think that's part of being in the world and not of the world is even goes beyond movies when you're looking at whatever reading or social media whatever it is in the world you have to compare it to scripture and to the truth of God's word. And that's how you can see if it's sinful, if it's even true, if it's even remotely true. And then either way it goes, if it's not true, you can rejoice that God is true. Or if it is true, then you can rejoice that they got got it right or got it partly right. And that can be encouraging. And you can see that um, the Bible is true, that people are suppressing the truth in their hearts. And that they only come out when you're, you know, not knowing it and you can find it. Um, and that's why you have to know scripture so much and just read your Bible and study it so that you can live in light of what the Bible says. And I think another thing with movies is you just have to learn about worldviews, different worldviews and how they can come through in movies, even sometimes deeper than just looking for the damsel in distress stories. Those are kind of fun things to see, especially in a Disney movie. Or um, like you said, how when they, uh, they're not going to kill the main character because you know he's going to be there. I do that all the time, especially with TV shows where they want you to think, oh, maybe he'll die. Like, no, because I know there's three other seasons coming after. So he's not going to die. So those things are fun. But I think if you go to a deeper level, you really have to work on knowing different worldviews and seeing how they can come through in movies. And um, I think that the best way to know more of other people's worldviews is to just read some books about it or study online. There's some books that um, helped me. I, I know just as a woman, there's one called You Who by Rachel Jankovic. Mm-hmm. And she goes through, um, she's talking more about 
self-worth and who you are, but it's helpful because she goes through different categories of worldviews and even some like historical philosophical views that are, um, she explains them really well. And it's, it's really easy to read and understand what she's talking about. And then I, I really like a book when you're talking about worldviews with your kids, which as they get older, you should be talking about worldviews with them. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics is a book that's really, really good. And they also have a podcast called Mama Bear Apologetics. And um, that's been really helpful to me. I listened to the book a while ago. I'll probably have to listen to it again as um, my daughter gets older and just be able to review things with her. And then I just started reading um, Consequences of Ideas by R.C. Sproul, which is his um, book about different philosophical worldviews. And I think reading those would be a great place to start for when, if you want to, you know, dig deeper in movies and be um, looking out for different worldviews that come up because they do come up in a lot of movies. Even the Disney princess movies have like yeah. different worldviews that are trying to tell you what's true and what's not. And so I think um, that's helpful too, to just kind of be aware of worldviews. When I was in high school, my, um, dad taught us well I was homeschooled so my dad taught us like a little class about different worldviews and that has always kind of stuck with me that you have to kind of run um whatever you're taking in you know run it through this grid of like okay is it true is it not true and ultimately even if you don't study worldviews you can do that just by knowing your bible like I said but I think it is kind of helpful and fun to see um different people's worldviews and that's where it can help you with knowing unbelievers and knowing how to share the gospel with them when you know how someone else has seen the world because they have a certain worldview or they believe in a certain philosophy or even other religion um that can be really helpful when you're trying to share the gospel with them or just be a good friend to them and understand where they're coming from and i think that comes out in movies and it's good to know different worldviews so i would definitely recommend those three books, even though I haven't finished R.C.'s Bulls, it's really good so far. And he's always really good. So um, <laughs> yes, helpful one. And then I think after, you know, you're like working on all this, when you're watching movies, it is really important to know um, what your kids are watching. So I'll kind of move into talking about that, if that's okay. And um, they, because your kids are just like sponges, they're big sponges, especially when they're young. My daughter's three years old. And I'm constantly amazed at what she remembers from, you know, like a couple months ago, not necessarily a movie, but just something random she'll say. And I'm like, oh, how do you know that? Or how do you remember that? Um, they're really smart. I think kids yeah. are, catch on a lot more than we give them credit for. And so you have to know that when it comes to movies. And that's why I, I said it on Instagram, but I'll, I'll say it here too, that you need to watch the movies with your kids. If you're going to let them watch a movie, either watch it beforehand so you know what's in it or watch it with them. Just make it a movie night because I think too many times parents do just use movies and shows as a babysitter and say, hey, yeah. here, I have to do this work and I need you to just be occupied, especially, and I know it's hard this last year with so many people being home. I think that has happened a lot. And um, mm -hmm. it is difficult, but there are other ways to entertain your children than just with an iPad and with a movie. But if you are going to let them watch movies, you need to just watch it with them. There's too many things in the movies that are um, not good for your kids to see. And I think that you have to be 
really careful with your kids because they are such big sponges and they will pick up on small things and they probably are learning a lot more than they even know, but it's there and they're picking up on it. And mm-hmm. so for me personally, we just kind of don't watch movies that often. There are a few that we watch and then I'll always watch them with her usually. And I kind of want to keep it that way. My daughter's only three. So I don't know if Isabel might have more experience with this or with older kids at least, but I think as she gets older, we can watch more and talk about it. But um, do you have any thoughts Isabel, on like, as your kids get older or um, watching movies with older kids and discussing it? Oh, of course. Um, Miguel grew up in a house, my husband, where they always did movie nights on Fridays. So that became something we did with the kids. So Friday night was movie night, but like you said, we would all sit there and watch it. We always, I mean, there's beautiful, there's great resources like um, that, like the movie review resources, um, plugged in, mm-hmm. you know, so we would always kind of like read the reviews on that. And then we would watch it. And then it would always open up great discussions. Like, um, what did you guys notice how they treated the dad in this? Because they're always making the father look like he's mm-hmm. dumb and he just doesn't <laughs> know anything. And the mom is very, yeah. you know, dominant in the, in the marriage. So yeah. they were always able to um, pick those things up. So it was great discussion afterwards. And I always enjoyed that time with them. And it got to bring like after like, you know, many years of doing that, they were like, oh, no, mom, this is not, <laughs> you know, like they were able to discern for themselves. Yeah. But I always enjoyed um, kind of doing that with them. But you had said something that triggered a memory about little, you know, when your kids are little and what they pick up. And I just have this fun, funny little, I don't know if it's funny, but story of I have a friend of mine that her daughter was watching The Little Mermaid. And after she watched it, she went to her mom. I think she asked her for something or she asked her to do something. And she told her mom straight to her face, like, mom, I don't have to listen to you because Ariel mm. didn't listen to her dad. And she got the prince and she, you know, and it was so positive. And she really, she meant that. I think she was five or six. And the mom was like, nope, like <laughs> shut that movie out. It was gone. But that's how it affected the child to where it gave her the desire like it, yeah. it fully uh let her like have that desire to sing like it just totally accommodated her say yeah you can go ahead and do that because look it turned out great for this person um and so mm-hmm. she just got rid of it and she said it, it took years she had I think a, a daughter you know 10 years later her kids are far apart it took her a long time to wait for that youngest one to like okay I'll, I'll maybe let her watch it. Let's see, you know, how this goes. But it really was, I couldn't believe that response. I'm like, wow, they are learning. And they're really, we have to remember who's behind it, mm-hmm. Hollywood. And they're, they're not for our kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even yeah. Frozen, that, that little scene where they have, you know, Beauty and the Beast, there's always like that signal of homosexuality in it. And they just, and it's really quick, but it's enough to where they're going to continue to push those lines mm-hmm. and we have to be diligent when they're they're smaller and even as an adult for me we always um we'll still kind of use I mean, I'm a grown woman I still will use plug in to see um I know my own I don't know but I know my own heart and what I struggle with so I won't watch something that could tempt me to be not content mm-hmm. right so especially like young women that are single 
I don't know if it's a good idea for you to watch those rom-com uh, romance <laughs> movies. And after you watch it, you're going to be like, I'm still single. I'm not content. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. And I always go, is it profitable? And mm-hmm. then I'm reminded, we only have so much time, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to keep an account, the Lord, we're going to be accountable for the time and how we used it. And did we use it for God's glory or mm-hmm. did we just waste two hours of our life? And just, you know, my husband laughs at me because a lot of times if we're watching something, I'll fast forward it to the end. He's like, Oh, are you doing that? I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like, let's, I can just forward it and find yeah. out what happened at the end. And he laughs all the time. I said, because I feel like we could be doing better things. Like we could be fellowshipping, we could do something else, we could read. I don't think it's the best use of it. It takes a lot for me to like want to sit and watch a movie. Unless I we happen to watch one and it happened to be really good, but it's it's I don't like movies so much. I'm not like mm-hmm. huge on it. Um because I just feel like it's long. Like, yeah. Long. But yeah. you have to be really careful with um, yeah. just you have to be honest with what you struggle with yourself. And knowing, is this going to be problem? Like, is this going to make me look more like Christ or just make me crumble? That's something that I, you know, I stay away. I know some people that are totally fine watching scary movies. You know, <laughs> like, I will not, I'm just like, do not delight in evil. I will not. Andrew, do it. I will not, I won't. I know myself. Like, that's not good for me. We have to really be honest with ourselves. And, um, and we have to remember our flesh, like, we of course want to watch it because it eats our flesh. So mm-hmm. of course we want to watch these things that are might, you know, and just go, oh, you know, it's no big deal. It's just a movie. It is a big deal. It really is a big deal because we are called to renew our minds. Um, I don't know how much, you know, watching movies and TV all the time is renewing our minds. Yeah. And I think just so you uh, open kind of this conversation, uh, will you ladies be open to Share a little bit of, like about some of the movies that you just stay away from because you know you you probably just like what are we what are you guys sensitive to that you know if you can share um, that you will just uh, rather stay away from it and just because you know it won't be profitable it won't help you like the other day actually uh, one of my friends she asked me and probably it's not necessarily with movies but also just bringing it into like music or things like that that we're listening to right so all of it. Um, and she asked me what kind of music I was listening to now and days and meaning mostly, you know, like if it was like secular music, right? So um, for me, for example, I, um, Richard actually jumped in and said, and said like, yeah, she doesn't really listen to secular music. I don't hear her. Like, you know, I don't, I don't see her like actually listening to it. And the reason why is it's not that there's anything bad with them, you know, and yes, there are things that, you know, that definitely like speech and things like that that we need to be staying away and it's not and even like the way that they express themselves about women let's say the men right so it's not it's not in a godly way right but for me specifically um i i have stayed away from a lot of like the latino music like you know like secular music because i know there was a time in my life where that will provoke certain things in my life. And now, you know, like, I know that I don't want to be reminded of that whole lifestyle and to be a stumbling block for me. So that's why you will see me like if I'm working here, listening to a podcast, you know, or if I'm listening maybe to the Gettys or like I'm listening, I don't know, to 1920s, like 
just instrumental music or things like that, right? But I am very selective now with what I expose my mind to because I know what it cost me back in those days. And I want to make sure, again, that my mind, you know, it's kept pure and that it's not leading me to be, you know, to be, to desire things or to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I think that's, I'm very selective. Also with movies, when it comes to movies, Nowadays, honestly, it's so difficult uh, to really find movies that are as clean because now, whether it is portraying women in certain ways or you have to fast forward a lot of the things because of what they show, right? They're showing too much <laughs> nowadays and um, also uh, cursing. Yes. Whether it's like even on YouTube, you go on YouTube, and people cannot talk without cursing, like YouTubers, right? And that, honestly, to me, I I completely just stay away from anything that will expose my mind to that sort of a speech because I know that at one point in my life, that was the language that I used to have, which is, you know, like, the Lord had to work that in my part of our sanctification, right? So again, I don't want to expose myself to something that I know that I was so sensitive that I'm, you know, that I, that I have the, like a sensitivity to, like, I know that was part of my whole life. So I can't, I just can't, you know, like there are movies that you just started and it's like already like automatically just start cursing, cursing. And it's like, okay, so how much is it going to keep going? And there have been points where I was just like, I just turn it off because I knew that the movie was just going to move forward to that. Like there is nothing changing, you know. So the movie started like this, and then what else is going to change? So yeah, there had there was there was you know there were some times that I found myself just like I can't I just can't watch this, you know. And I like I said because I went to film school, I am big with the whole like TV shows, you know, and like movies and having to filter all those things, you know, it, it becomes very difficult. In fact, the very first time that I ever went to a movie theater was in. When I was 13, it was my uncle, or 14, I think. My uncle took me, and that was the first year that I had moved to the state, to, to New York. And we, I never went to a movie theater in Dominican Republic. In fact, I don't even know if there was a movie theater. So if I ever watched a movie as a child, it was whenever they were played on the cable. And if we had electricity, it wasn't something that I had all the time, you know? Or I had to go to somebody else's house to watch it. So, I mean, in one way, it's good. But I did grow up watching martial arts. That's like what I, you know, Bruce Lee, you know, and I, all, uh, all these martial artists. So that's what I grew up with. So I am a big fan of like watching like martial arts movie because I did martial arts as a child, right? Uh, that's something that I was part of me. So, but again, it's like, even with the things that I love so much, I also have to go okay, and be like, okay, so let's see, you know, like, well, they're showing or their speech or things like that so it's like always like censoring everything for me and yeah so that's basically like it's it's something that I just had to to in the process when when I when I knew that I was sensitive to something it's just like really being careful and to really discern okay so how is this affecting me how is this affecting my mind how is this affecting my heart how is this affecting my emotions and so that's those are the things that I've always looked for because um, I know that that's like what I was that I'm sensitive to. So once you know, 
like what you're sensitive to, what do you do after that? Do you just ignore it or what do you do, right? So what about you, Isabel? For you, how do you go by, okay, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie or I'm not going to listen to this or... Um, for me, it really is, um, I stay away from anything R-rated. I mean, maybe for some people that's like, that's like a given. No, not all Christians. I know a lot mm -hmm. that are okay with that. I, we just don't even, um, we don't even entertain it. We're like, no. And we, like I said, we use plugged in and there's like a lot of language. We just won't watch it. To be honest, there's a lot of movies that we have stayed away from and I, me and Miguel never feel like we missed out. Like everyone's talking about this movie. I'm like, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I never feel like I missed out on anything. Mm -hmm. um, and just knowing like, it's just extremely important to just know how you're going to be spending that time and how it could affect someone else. Like if mm -hmm. you're like, like, I'm very careful if I do watch a movie, like, okay, I know it's pretty clean, but even if my standard, if I think it's pretty clean, it might not be for you. You might mm -hmm. be offended by it, you know? So you have to be really careful. Um, I remember a, a family, I won't say their names, gave us a movie, but they used to have that clear play where you put the disc in and mm -hmm. you could like, right? Well, they gave us the movie and there was a scene in the beginning of it, which was totally not appropriate, but I'm sure they had took it out when they watched it, but they didn't realize it. And I'm like, you can't, Assume everyone has a clear play that they're using at home and then you're handing them this movie going, it's such a great movie. And I'm saying, <laughs> okay, if I didn't know you had a clear play, uh, I, I would probably be going to you going, you know, maybe you should rethink this. Like, <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, you know, I that's how we, me and Miguel have always kind of gone through it. We're just really careful even with series on tv notice like you could be watching a series and the first season will be fine and we all notice like okay the second season's coming we're gonna watch it and then they just push the envelope more and more and mm -hmm. like you know even that's why i tell you know parents like don't assume like oh i watched that first season with my kids it's a great show it's fine second season watch out because they hooked your child and yeah. now they're doing i mean you heard about um i don't know if he's don't even know he's um rapper who did this song it became very popular with the young kids and he was at schools and he was performing. oh yeah and recently yeah he came out with another one and yeah. it's like all over it's like him like dancing with satan like it's crazy i sent it to Debra. yeah yeah the kids with that first one mm -hmm. and like and parents kind of let their guard down like mm -hmm. no deal. um and for me it's always been really important um to vet what I want because when I was a child, I wasn't protected. Is it this one? Yes. Yeah. So I actually sent you this, uh, Deborah, and I actually saw this on Katie's account from the Advice podcast. <laughs> she said, So I'm not really up to date on pop culture, but a music artist named Little Nas X, I guess Lil Nas X, created a wildly popular song that most of you probably know. Uh, know um, what is it? Uh, no called old. Oh, now called. Yeah. Uh, that most of you now probably called Old Tom Road, mm -hmm. and went to elementary school to perform it, just like you said. So, uh, so those satanic shoes are his campaign and promotion of his new song that already has over seven million views 
on probably the most le uh, well help me with that word music yes that <laughs> and it's out there to date in mainstream so and there's a music video i guess and she actually posted a video of him like basically dancing with a bunch of like kids elementary yeah. kids and that is just scary and just going back to what you were saying right deborah be aware of what your kids are being exposed to yeah so um and even if that means you're they um we would always get the <laughs> when my kids were younger you would get your parents are strict or they're overprotective and it was so funny because i'm like okay because i'm not allowing you to watch this or i'm not allowing to do that you know and that always kind of made me giggle and i was like you know what, if I have to take the brunt of it, I don't mm -hmm. care. you know, I rather my child be upset with me over because they're not believers. Of course, they're going to be upset with you when you tell them, no, mm -hmm. you can't watch that. You know, they're not going to be right. happy with me. <laughs> so yeah. You're accountable to the Lord. Yeah. Then for my kids to be exposed to things that they cannot, that image is always there. And I speak for myself, like I grew up in a house where we were allowed to watch anything and everything and some mm -hmm. of those movies they're still like in my mind like I have mm -hmm. to go and I go I can't believe like my mom and dad didn't that like I was so young how did they think that was okay for me to watch even Miguel he has the same thing I'm like I can't believe that they thought well it's just it's just a movie mm -hmm. I'm 43 years old and I still have those memories where I'm like oh that's horrible <laughs> that I was even allowed to watch that yeah so you know I would encourage you Deborah just to continue because as she gets older she will fight back she will be like no and she might not you know I've heard about four-year-olds being saved maybe the Lord will save her at four but <laughs> it's it's a good fight to protect our kids minds because no one else is going to do it no mm -hmm. one else but us parents are going to be protecting their minds even the church, it's not the church's job to do it. It's not their mm -hmm. Sunday school. It's not their youth group. It's our job at mm -hmm. home to raise our kids, you know, in the fear of the Lord. Like that's our job that we are called to. And sometimes I would just tell my husband, like, hey, I'm tired. It's hard this battle with these kids sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's so worth it. It was so worth it. And um, I would say now, I mean, my kids don't look at me now and go, oh man, you didn't let me. They just go, you know, they understand now they're adults and they're like, yeah. I get why you would say no. Yeah. Well, like, you survived. You didn't watch that show or, you know what I mean? Like, you're okay. Yeah. You know, but it's hard when you have, even within the church, a lot of people allowing their kids to watch that. And then they feel kind of like the outcast because they don't and they mm -hmm. feel that pressure. And that's mm -hmm. not, that's really, it's a hard, it's, it's a hard place to stand, but it's, it's worth it. It's yeah. Worth it. And if you don't instruct yourself, you know, if you don't instruct your kids, then the television is going to do it for you. And I think we're going to get into those, you know, more of the messages and things like that, that we see on there. And I am the oldest of five and I have a brother who's 10 years old and just one day he has no supervision whatsoever from both of his parents, my mom and his dad. And he started, he came across a video on YouTube uh, with the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. I am not super hundred, like, you know, sure of what they do and things like that. But once I told Richard, he's like, yeah, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be around that. Something satanic, basically. So um, just, that, that's just, just, just to say, like, be aware of where they're going. Because, you know, if they have a device uh, that they're having access to, they're going to start searching God knows where. And they have 
all the access they can get online. I think Bill Shannon, I took the biblical counseling class at Grace and Bill Shannon, and it's a story that's public. So he said he was always allowed to tell the story, but just of a family, like just letting their child have a device and watch whatever, not paying attention, not having any, you know, boundaries or coveting eyes or anything on it. And I think, I want to say she was like 12 or 13. Mm. And for two years, she was addicted to pornography. Oh, at 12, wow. like, you know, and it was just so sad that, you know, and the parents allowed to share the story because he said they're just so like, mm-hmm. even with the devices, like my kids were not allowed to have phones until they were a lot older where kids were giving them, you know, 12, 13, like, it's like there's yeah. no use for a phone. Like your friends mm-hmm. could call my phone. Like, why do you need a phone? Like, are you like a business person? Like, mm-hmm. Do you have a job? Like, well, I don't understand why you need a phone. Um, and that was sad because there's not that for that's that protection for the kids. It's mm-hmm. I always say it's I know parents are tired, but it becomes just lazy parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So what about you, Deborah? And then you can take it also with the next thing. So what about you? How do you go by choosing what to watch or or for yourself? Yeah, we we don't watch a ton right now because my husband is like constantly studying, and I'm not really. I don't really watch a lot on my own. Like I'll watch something with him, but not really. Um, I have too many other things to do as a mom to just sit down and watch a movie. But um, I grew up with being pretty uh, sheltered, I would say. And I didn't really watch like much at all as a kid. We watched some movies and shows, but only like with my parents' um, permission. I was that kid who was like, yeah, my mom won't, won't let me watch that. She's really strict and (laughs) that was me as a teenager, but I'm really thankful now, of course, that my did that. And, um, even though, you know, we were mad at him about it sometimes, uh, cause it is hard, I think for teenagers, especially like when all their friends are going to go see the newest movie. And then we weren't allowed to go to the theater with our friends because they're seeing some movie that we're not supposed to see. Um, so I definitely understand that, but I'm really thankful that my parents did that. And, um, I will give an example what I was watching a show as an adult. It's called uh, once upon a time. Um, and yeah. I love, it was really good. Right. The first yeah. season. Was, oh, it's all of these, you know, fairy tale stories in, in this one show. And it, I mean, there's magic and stuff in it, which I know some people have a problem with watching magic, which is fine. I um, yeah. don't want to watch that, but I thought it was really cool. And then I don't remember what season it was, but there was some season and I was watching this show and I was like, there had already been a few other things that I was like, okay, I don't know if this happens again, I don't think I'll keep watching it because it's just kind of borderline, like not a sex scene, but like they go sleep together and then wake up the next morning. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's really what I want to be watching. And then there was a scene, there was an episode where you could just tell that they were having these two girls fall in love in this, in the episode. And I was like, oh no, I know how this is going to end up. It's going to be that they're, they're going to be a a lesbian couple and they're going to be, that's what the end of the show is going to be, is that they're falling in love and all the characters are encouraging that. So when that came on, I was like, oh, well, I really like this show and it's really hard to not, to like not to give it up, but that was too much for me. And I just decided, okay, I'm not going to go farther and not necessarily because I've struggled with that in my life but just because it was just too much like that it's pushing the message that people are encouraging them to fall in love and be together and that's what um 
you know, brought culmination to the episode was that they were, you know, holding back their love for each other and they shouldn't do that. And it, it was just really sad. But I think that's um, where for me, I was just thinking, this is the world that we live in, that that's what the message is, is that they want, um, you know, marriage is marriage if it's a girl and a girl or a boy and a boy and that's not biblical at all and so uh for me I had to just stop watching it after that because who knows what else they're going to put in if they're putting that in an episode and um that was too much of a uh danger to for me and I think too a lot of not a lot of my friends not a lot of my friends but we I knew some people who really liked Game of Thrones and were really into the story and they're like oh but the story is so good so all of the nudity in it is fine. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's quite how you should look at that because there's a lot of nudity in game of Thrones. I've never watched it myself, but I know that it's there. I've read the reviews and my friends have told me. And um, yeah, I think that, you know, it's just saying I didn't want to watch it. It was sometimes hard to say, or like, should you really be watching that? If, uh, you know, if there's that much bad, you know, nudity in it and bad content. sorry that you mentioned that but i that was what i was one of those people back then who did watch it like and yeah. it's crazy it's like yeah i don't think like we should watch this with you know someone in, no i don't think so you know so it's like it was a lot of like skipping through the same thing you know it's like something it just comes up like when you're not expecting it it's like oh i need to like fast forward you have to do that fast forward and you cannot I always think of it like this. If I'm watching a movie or a show and someone can't come over and just walk in my house and sit right next to me. I won't watch it. <laughs> like, why would I watch it if you're not coming yeah. over, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, would that? why would I just be like, can we forward, forward? Like, what's the point yeah. of that? And I, I always, like, I think I talk about on thing. We're always seeing how close the, the, the line of, of sin we could get mm-hmm. instead of how far we could stay away from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, let me get right there. Um, and especially as a wife and Deborah, you're a wife, we're all wives. They, do we really want to watch shows like that? That could be a real temptation for our husbands. We are very, we, you know, yeah. I love when it says, you know, uh, we have to be careful lest we fall ourselves. And that includes our husbands. We can't think, you know, they're just spiritual and godly men. Like this is not going to, yes, it can affect them. Yeah. And there's times where not so much, I, and when I talk about, nudity I'm talking about maybe a you know a girl's changing and like her shirt her bra like we'll turn it off because I'm like I don't know where this is going and I'll tell my like I'm sorry I didn't bet this movie or this show I should have known mm-hmm. and he's like moving his head because he's above from falling from that and yeah. you want to do that to for entertainment yeah um I just don't think I don't think it's loving our husband or loving anybody else that's with us more than ourselves because we want to be entertained. There's other things we could do. So I always think like, if I can't let one of my nieces or nephews walk in my room without feeling like I might have to stop it, I shouldn't be watching it. There's yeah. like no reason for me or a like, like, I really shouldn't be watching. My niece or nephew should be able to sit right next, next to me on the couch and watch what I'm watching. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, Richard has done the same. Like we started watching a show together and we never went back to it. <laughs> and that was like maybe just the first two episodes. And it was like, yeah, I don't think, it was like, yeah, I don't think we should be watching this. Because there was a lot of like on those first two episodes that he had to fast forward. So it was like, no, we're not watching it anymore. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Deborah, 
uh, let, let us go back with you to continue to proceed. Oh, well, I was, I think that's why you have to, um, like I said earlier, listen to your conscience when you're watching mm -hmm. it. And that's why we can't have a list of, you know, watch this and don't watch that because it will be different for every person. And when you're watching, you have to uh, be brave. I know that's like what we say to kids all the time. It's like, be brave and under the Lord. But we, as adults, we have to do that too, because it, yeah. there isn't a peer pressure situations that even happens as adults. When I was working full time um, at the office, we would always talk about, okay, what are you, like, what are you doing this weekend? Are you going to see a movie? What are you watching? Or, um, you know, things like that. And it's, uh, there, there's even peer pressure, you know, there will be for the rest of your life, peer pressure to um, do things that you're not comfortable with. And that's why you have to be brave and listen to the conscience that the Lord has given you. And um, there was another thing that Piper said in one of his interviews um, that there was someone who asked him about if you're watching a movie and they take the Lord's name in vain, is it sinful to watch the movie when they're taking the Lord's name in vain? And I really appreciate what he said because he said, well, it's not sinful because to watch the movie because I mean, God hears his name taken in vain billion times a day right and he doesn't sin so it's not simple to watch the movie but when you're going to that to find entertainment and to find joy in the sin that people are doing in a movie then it is simple because you're finding joy and entertainment in other people's sin and watching that in a movie and that was a really helpful guideline to just think about too like what are my motives for watching this movie and am I really enjoying that there's a lot of sexual tension and then they're going to go and have a sex scene later. Is that why I'm watching the movie? Then that's not a good reason or mm -hmm. um, whatever it may be. A, a sex scene was just my uh, example, but there's a lot, uh, there could be other ones. Like maybe yeah. it is thrilling to hear people say a lot of bad words and then you end up saying them later or thinking them in your head. That's not helpful um, either. And that's looking, that's finding entertainment and joy in other people's sin which is yeah. Not, uh, yeah. righteous living. Christ, you know, the sin that Christ died for. Like, you know, when we're finding the entertainment, we're like, but Christ died for these sins. And here I am being entertained by them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it is difficult, but um, you have to be, you have to be discerning and not just watch any movie and be willing to turn it off and not watch it anymore if um, yeah. if it is too much for you or making you sin or just know that it's going to come up later in your mind and yeah being brave enough to just turn it off or, or you know give up the whole show like once upon a time I never finished watching it but that's fine yeah I didn't watch, I watching didn't it, it. you know even if it was just that one episode and it was never there again um yeah that's okay with me. I would rather not watch it. Yeah. So are you ready for my question? <laughs> or you have something <laughs> <Hope> else? <so>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. That was pretty much all I wanted to say. Perfect. No, that was, that was perfect. So now going helpful. back to the Disney movies, I would like you to share some of the messages that you found on, let's say the movie Frozen. Because it's like, I watched the movie, I watched both of them and I loved it, but I never thought about the things that you said. And I was like, Wow, this is so good. <laughs> I never saw this. In fact, I remember that Harold, one time, he preached when you guys were still here. 
he preached in sojourners and he read Olaf's summer song. Remember that one? And I thought it's hilarious, okay? Because it kind of sounds a little bit delusional, you know, because what can a snowman do in summertime? Like he's just expressing, right? Like he he just says like something like, um, oh, but sometimes I like to close my eyes and imagine what it will be like when summer does come. Like he doesn't realize how this is gonna affect him, right? Like the summer, what is gonna happen to you in the summer, right? And then, but I just remember, I don't know when, because uh, you did the whole thing in um, in Frozen, it just kind of reminded me how kind of like delusional it kind of sounds, everything that he says about, you know, like all the fun things he's going to do in the summer and all those things, right? And we can find ourselves falling into that kind of delusional state sometimes and like, no, it's okay. I think it's not going to affect me this bad, you know? Uh, with again like what we what we are saying right exposing ourselves like we're like suppressing everything or maybe I, our conscience is telling us something not to do something and we're like no but it's okay it's okay and the more you push it and push it push it push it what's gonna happen to the conscience is gonna not gonna like warn you it's like your like the emergency alerts right, right. right? like We're ignoring it yeah like yeah like the fire alarm but then you suppress it so much that at the end it's like it's not doing the job that it's supposed to do, right? So yeah, yeah so there is a that warns against that, I think, about searing your conscience. I don't know the actual reference, but I think there's one that says you have to be, you have to be, or you have to feed your conscience or something um, so that you don't sear it. Because there, it talks about how you, when you sear your conscience, it's because you just not listen to it, not listen to it, not listen to it over and over and over. And then eventually you just don't hear it anymore mm -hmm. um, in the sense that it, you still have a conscience, but it's not telling you the right things. Yeah. And I've heard Pastor John say that a lot in some of his sermons, yeah. I think, I don't know, some of, either in person or when I was listening in grace to you. And he said that, like, if you don't listen to your conscience, eventually that's what's going to happen. You won't be able to hear it anymore, you know? So yeah, so let's get into that then. Let's get into some of the messages that you found that they are teaching young uh, girls in those movies. Okay, so in Frozen, um, the first, there's two Frozens. Um, so the first Frozen movie, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of messages going on in it. I think one that's pretty prominent in a lot of Disney movies is feminism and mm -hmm. showing that the girl is the hero not that heroines are bad but when they are lifted up above an already degraded male character i think it, it is bad and um that's true not just in frozen in a lot of movies they portray the the men as being dumb and stupid and not able to lead and then the women are the ones that are um mm -hmm. you know running the show and making things happen and they they win in the end and you can even tell that outside of Frozen, like there's no um, series of movies about princes, like boys who are, you know, royal or the um, heroes of the story. There's just not any, maybe Aladdin, but I don't, I don't mm -hmm. think Aladdin is really uh, just about him. It's a lot about Jasmine. And so, um, yeah, in Frozen, there's definitely signs of feminism. Even Kristoff, the main mm -hmm. male character, he yeah. himself 
like mm-hmm. you don't even need a girl for it to be a feminist because you just have Kristoff who they portray him he's he's really stupid in the movie like I don't even like using that word stupid when I talk about people but it's he is and he um it, it opens in the movie and I think in the first scene of him talking he's talking to his reindeer and then he does the voice of his reindeer talking back to him which like yeah that could be funny but when it comes down to it like Kristoff is is being portrayed as this stupid character who his only friend is his reindeer that he uses his own voice to make talk back to him Mm -hmm. and so right there is like already degrading men I I think and making them appear stupid even when they're not and uh even without like Anna's and even interactions with Anna um are before they're even there he already is on a bad foot you know he's already starting out as being stupid and then later when they're talking there are a lot of conversations they have especially on the um carriage when he first picks her up and they're like talking about how she's gonna marry a guy that she just met and all this stuff and that it's fine and um there's like even in their conversation you can tell that they're portraying Anna as the smart one and that she's okay all of her judgments are good and Kristoff like saying I don't know if you should be doing that is a bad thing like him questioning her is wrong he should he can't question her at all because her judgment is is fine and um so that is basically what feminism says is you know that women are um the the best and they're better than men and that men just need to support them and whatever they want to do and so not that I disagree with everything with feminism. I do think women were mistreated years ago and it, it did help. But now we've swung to the other side. You know, the next where, level. <laughs> yeah. Where women, so I just want to clear that. But um, yeah, so where women are you know, now lifted up above men. And that comes out a lot in the movie. And then Elsa's uh, song that she sings, you know, let it go, that one. She, um, in, in the words in the song, it talks about how she says, uh, she says there are there's no right there's no wrong there's no rules for me those that's one of the lines in the song and I mean at first glance it may just seem like oh she's just escaping whatever's been holding her back and that she can't use her magic and now she's really happy to use her magic but that message of um, there's no rules for me is is dangerous especially for children um, kind of like what you said with the Ariel movie that you know that message of I can do whatever I want and I'm, I'm special and I, I can, I'm worth doing whatever I want to do is, is fine. And that's okay. And there's no consequences. The one thing I will say about this movie, especially is Elsa sings that, but in the movie itself, she finds out that there actually are consequences for what she's done. Um, when she builds that big palace and then Anna comes and, and Elsa's like, Oh, everything's fine. She doesn't know that the whole kingdom is covered in snow. And then when Anna tells her, it's like, oh, that was my fault. Like, and that's why she sends Anna away. And so I think that is an important like talking point with your kids when they're older to say like, hey, Elsa thought there were no consequences for these bad things that she did, but there were a lot of consequences. And the whole movie really is about um, fixing the bad consequences of Elsa running, you know, running away and doing mm-hmm. whatever she wanted. Um, so those are like two main things in, in that movie. And then also, I think that um, there is a uh, gay reference in it, a homosexual reference, because when they go into 
buy the equipment at Oaken's store, he says, uh, he asks them if they want to go in the sauna and then they say no. And he's like, oh, you can join my family. And then there's like a really tiny short clip where the doors open and there's kids in there with another adult man. There's no mom mm, Yeah, in the picture, in the sauna. And I didn't even mm. catch that. Someone, after I talked about it on Instagram, sent it to me. And I was like, what? I didn't even know that was in there because it's so short, but it's there. Oh, wow. He's that like, I missed. Yeah. So I had missed that too. Someone sent it to me. And, um, but I think there are more, more and more messages like that in Disney movies now. And even though they're short, they're still there. And I think you kids can definitely catch on, catch on to them. And also in Frozen, I've always felt like Olaf is, um, very feminine, even though he's supposed to be like a boy character, a lot of the things that he does and talks about are um, like borderline homosexual or just very feminine sounding. And I think that especially for kids, it's important to have like those distinctions of, you know, masculinity and femininity. So that kind of is, um, is in there as well. Those are really the main ones with Frozen. And I think I watched it with Alethea maybe once or twice and she knows a lot of the songs because we because they come on sometimes when we're listening to like Spotify or something they will come on and so I I don't think we'll be watching it again until she's older and we can maybe talk about some of the things that I mentioned and uh, yeah go over them together and not just let them go into her mind without any, you know, context or talking to me about it. And I think a lot of times kids understand a lot more than they're able to talk about with their parents. So she may be understanding it all, even though she's three and um, not know how to talk with me about it. So definitely Frozen will wait till she gets older. Were there more movies you wanted me to talk about or just Frozen? <laughs> well, I'm going to get back to that. So because we were just talking okay. about the feminism, you know, um, movement kind of thing and the messages within the movies, you posted this quote today, but I also saw it from uh, Natalie from the Abide podcast um, about oh. uh, <laughs> women. Uh, women get treated with a theological infantilism where it's assumed that they need a subdued tone and maybe some diffused oils before they read half and out of context Bible verse and then six paragraphs in a devotional that supports neology. What we need truth, hard truth. And then another post that she uh, also posted recently, is says, we as Christian women do not need a worldly woman's empowerment movement. Why? Because the scripture tells us that we have Christ. We are directly tied to the source of eternal life and have been given new life in him. He empowers us. He is divine. We are the branches. And I truly love that because we are in a culture that it's all about me, you know, like the me love, like just all the center, like self-center and loving myself and all these things. When Christ actually said, like the Lord in, in the commandments, he says, love the Lord with all your heart and not love your, you know, like yourself. So no, love the Lord, you know? And so this whole movement of women empowerment and all the things, you know, it's like, it makes you also depend on yourself alone. And that's like where I want to leave the next question because something else that you did that I love uh, on Frozen, it's that there is a part where, I don't know if it's Anna or Elsa, that she finds herself completely alone or like self-reliant yeah, <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, so that was pretty good. I love the, um, the examples that you gave, right? That we as believers, we rely on Christ. He is our counselor. He is our, uh, the prince of peace. He is uh, everything for us. He is our strength, right? And so we know that we have him to go to. Like when we are uh, worried, when we are fearful, when we feel alone, we can run to him. But it seems like in this movie, they run to themselves, but then the themselves is not really enough, right? So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and I think with, uh, as far as women empowerment goes, we, women are the most empowered when they are living in Christ. It doesn't, that's why we don't need a movement is because he empowers us when he makes us his own and his children. And that's how we can live a fulfilled life is only as being a Christian in Christ. And that's the most empowering thing in the world is to be saved by God because um, without him, there's nothing inside of us that would be empowering women. If we're a woman or if we're a man, there's nothing that um, is worth living for without Christ. And he's the one that um, empowers us. But yeah, in Frozen 2, so that's in the second one, the storyline, they, they kind of get separated and Elsa goes off on her own and does something. And then Anna is off on her own and she ends up in a cave. And in um, the cave, uh, I don't, if you've not seen it, Olaf melts. So that's a spoiler. He like dies pretty much. Not dies, but he I melts. I almost cry though so. in that part. I think I was crying. Was that the part that I was crying? Yes. That we were, okay, so Aaron, Andrew, and I, we went to the movie theater sorry to interrupt you but this is this was funny actually so Andrea is right in the middle Aaron is over there I'm over here we're at the movie theater this is before COVID right when they first released the movie and that part when Olaf basically dies because he melted right so he's dead Uh, that's the conclusion right so right yeah so Aaron and I are literally like crying and then Andrea turns to me to say no yeah to tell me that Aaron is crying, but then she sees me crying, and then she just looks like this, like because they really got you, like you know, connected to this character. And then, and Olaf, you know, like I love Olaf, but again, like that's why I'm, um, horror movies, right? Yeah. yeah, that's why she won't. She won't ever go back to the movie theater with us or watch a movie like that. She will. She will be in the corner, <laughs> not with us. But it's funny how movies can make you feel so much emotion. Like I think yeah. I said that at the beginning that movies are so moving, which is funny to say movies are moving, but they they are, and like they're the only things that we do that can really make us, you know really happy or really sad and feel someone's pain and be sympathetic and cry. Um, but yeah, in the scene, they're stuck in the cave and she's kind of been like depending on Olaf during this time away from Elsa in the cave. And then he melts. And so she's literally by herself. She's just alone in this cave. And then the song that she sings is called do the next thing. And so she's left in the cave and it's really sad to me because the only, I mean, it is sad that Olaf melted, but to me, it's sadder that the only thing that Anna knows to do is just believe in herself and pick herself up by her bootstraps and do the next thing. She has, she doesn't have Jesus. She's just there 
alone in the cave. And the song that she sings is all about how I don't know what to do when I'm by myself. And the only thing I can do is just do the next thing. That's it. That's the only hope that she has in the cave is just to believe in herself enough and will herself enough to do the next thing and get out of the cave. And to me, that was just really sad. It's very true, though, of the world that people who are without Christ, that's all they have. And that's why Mm -hmm. so many self-empowerment and self-help and self-love is so popular because that's all they have is to believe in themselves and to lift themselves up by their bootstraps and just do the next thing like Anna said in the cave and um that was that that's probably the saddest scene in the movie to me it's just the reality that that is true for people who are without Christ and it made me so thankful that I have Christ that he saved me and make that makes me want to share the gospel with other people because that's the reality of life for them it's stuck in that cave like Anna and all they can do is just believe in themselves and do force themselves to do the next thing yeah absolutely and I think uh you know just knowing that it just gives you hope right I don't have to rely on myself because if I did then who's gonna I can't pick up myself and I think even um you Isabel mentioned like even when you were diagnosed with cancer how there were days that you were you didn't want to get out of your bed and so literally you couldn't in your own strength pick up yourself and get yourself out but you had your husband to remind you right to point you to Christ so do you want to just talk a little bit oh yeah um yeah that was a very difficult time and it was a constant um That's why it's so important to be in your word because it was a constant remembrance of this time is temporal and this is going to seem like this trial is going to seem like nothing compared to eternity. Just focusing on like, okay, Lord, you, you know, your word says that you who began a good work in me will finish this cancer. Like you will not let me go. And like, so it was, that's why it was so important. So it wasn't myself. It was praying God's word that I would go, okay, like now I could, I, I'm, I could do this. I could do this, not in myself, but because of the Holy spirit ministering to my heart. And I would be able, and I would get through that day and I would just go, that's, that's, that's the power of the Holy spirit living in a person that I was able to do all these things. Not because I'm, you know, just like a side note, I, I, I don't like when people will tell me, um, especially the breast cancer community, you're a warrior, you're strong, you're this, and mm-hmm. that drives me bananas because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm weak. I'm not a warrior. Like, what are you talking about? Like, because if it was in like myself, I'd stay in bed all day and be weeping. It was the power of mm-hmm. God's word and the Holy Spirit that really, you know, it was him, you know, and it was always like, no, um, I remember first being diagnosed, just praying is like, Lord, I never want people to look at me or if they do and they tell me, oh, you're so strong, I'm like, no, no, no. And I always correct them. Like, no, it's Christ in me, you know? And I remember my niece like sending me a message. She's not a believer. You're so strong. And it was really, you know, I know she's trying to be kind, but it was just like being a gospel opportunity to say like, actually in and myself, I'm super, super weak. And I can't do this without Christ. And so whatever you're seeing, whatever good, whatever strength you're, it's not mine. It's, mm-hmm. it's and um, the only reason I was able to like get out of the, the bed and do the things I needed to do is because 
I had emerged myself in years in God's word. So it was like the Holy Spirit just bringing to remembrance all these scriptures. And mm-hmm. it was just amazing how he, he took care of me. So it's never in myself. I will never take that credit. I will never, because I, I want less of me and more of him. I want people to go, it's, that was her God that did that. Mm-hmm. You know, not Isabel's strength. Because <laughs> yeah, and, and exactly, right? So we always have to be mindful of that, right? It's not our power. It's not our strength. Because we know that if it's because of ourselves, then we will be lost. We will be uh, without direction and we wouldn't be able to pick ourselves up, you know, when, uh, when we sin or when we are going through a difficult trial. And I know that we have an episode coming up on how to deal with suffering. I, I believe that's a, um, something like that. So Israel has a very great uh, episode coming, uh, just explaining that and, it's just everything. It just points to Christ, no matter like with the situation that we're going through, we always have to go to the cross, right? We have to, and actually Deborah, I've been uh, reading the gospel primer. Mm-hmm. I got it. Good. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I love the, um, the, you know, just being reminded the gospel is for us too. And we constantly have to be reminding ourselves about the gospel so that that may also increase our love for Christ for the word of God to be reminded of what it is that Christ did that it's nothing of us but it's always pointing to him that he is the one who deserves all the glory right and I do have another question um so you you kind of mentioned also this a little bit about the conversations that you had but just watching these movies with Alethea Deborah what are some of the conversations that have come up on uh during this movie with Alethea and like things that came up and how do you address them how did that go? Like, did it give you like a gospel opportunity? So just, yeah, I just want to hear some of the conversations you've had with her after watching these movies. Uh, yeah. So in, I have, I mean, she's only three, so I haven't talked with her a ton about all the things in the movies. But um, one thing we did talk about was in Frozen 2, the first song that um, Anna and Olaf sing is about how some things never change. That's what it's Mm. called. I think that's the name of it, but that's the chorus. They're like, some things never change. And then they list a bunch of things that um, never change, never change. And um, I did reinforce with her right off the bat was that uh, a lot of things change. Everything in the world changes. And the only thing that doesn't change is God. And the Bible, I even told her, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means that you can trust him. You can, you can have faith in him because he's never going to change. And even though the song, and it's so funny in the song because they're singing it. And Anna says, um, some things never change like an old stone wall that will never fall. And they're literally walking on an old stone wall that is falling apart in the movie. So it, it's just, it's funny to me that like they've, I don't know. It's that suppression of the truth that's coming out, right? That they mm-hmm. are even walking. They're like, what they're showing is the opposite of what they're saying. So I did, I do stress that one, especially because I think that song comes on sometimes on Spotify and she knows it like to sing it. So I do um, already talk with her about uh, that. That's like one that I can think of the other, like we haven't, like I said, we haven't really watched them a lot lately, watched a lot of movies lately. So um, 
I, I haven't had a lot of other conversations with her to talk about there. We were yeah. reading a book recently that was talking about how um, this little girl felt really angry and what she should do when she's really angry. And it listed a bunch of things that she could do, but um, yeah. it wasn't a Christian book. And so I just added my own um, at the end was like, if you're really angry, you can do all these things, mm-hmm. but also you can pray and ask God mm-hmm. to help you. And um, mm-hmm. he can help you with your anger so that you don't hurt someone or hurt something. And um, he can you know, bring peace to the situation or help you. You just pray and ask God to help you. So I think even if it's not a movie, you can talk about re- talk about it with your kids and um, just point them back to the Bible and back to um, God. It was really helpful with that song to know the Bible verse that says yeah. Jesus same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is very applicable to that song because a lot of things are going to change, especially for Alethea, because I mean, we just moved all the way around the world and she has, you know, her friends are not here. It's a new house and um, lots of changes in her little three-year-old world. And so I hope that um, she knows from me telling her that God will never change. You can always trust him. He will always be faithful and he will never change. He's the only thing that never changes. Yeah. Amen. Do you have any uh, also conversations that you can remember from uh, having with your kids, maybe when you guys were watching uh, anything? (laughs) I think with um, me and Miguel, we always, because every child's different. So you have to know, you Mm -hmm. really have to know what's going to affect them or how they're going to perceive something. But I think it really comes down to teaching the word of God to your child at home. Yeah. And the more you immerse them in scripture and, and know they're, they're able to discern as they get older, like they're able to discern themselves. And now I, I think I've had more of my kids point out things like that was wrong than me actually having to tell them and just remembering like my kids are not going to get their theology from Disney movies. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If anything, I think sometimes it's a great conversation to reveal what's in their own heart, um, the sin mm-hmm. that's there so that you can have those conversations. But um, I think um, that is just something um, I always was really strong on anything, like them watching anything that degraded fathers or, you know, I just, their dad works. Like, I'm like, you don't see, you know, we would have those conversations. Like, do you see your dad? Like, is mm-hmm. that broken? mom you know mm-hmm. um, because he works you know I'm like he's worked so hard he's you know such a godly man like I would hope you don't see him like you don't see that and they're like no like you know I don't see see my father like that but it broke my heart that that's how most of the world sees they see men those, are those ones that we really kind of stood on but some of them like I said just immersing them in scripture and truth and and doing that not just on Sunday but during that all during the week when we did have those movies, they were able to point things out themselves or just see the hypocrisy in movies and this to be able to do that. Those were great conversations. It's just amazing what kids pick up and what they're talking about, you know, um, even mm-hmm. with each other. Like my nephew plays mm-hmm. um, a game with his friend online and he came to the dinner table and he was like, okay, my friend's Catholic and I told him we're Christians. Like, how do we know who's right? And we had like this whole conversation on you know catholics and we even got into like jehovah witnesses and mormons but it's amazing what you're what these kids are listening to they're having but to always make it um you always want to make your 
household as a mom, like where they know they can ask those hard questions to you when yeah. they're struggling, when they're watching something that they know you're the safe person, that they're not going to be in trouble for asking this question, or you're going to look at them different, or, you know, like we're not going to, you know, a little self-righteous, like, you don't know that you've been at church for so many years and you don't understand this, like that they know that's the safe place where they can ask the real hard questions and you're going to give them the answers through the word of God. Yeah. And that was always, I feel because of that, um, I have great, you know, my, like I said, they're all adults, but I have had great conversations with my kids growing up. And I think that's what's really bonded us. Yeah. And, and we're really close because they always knew they could have those, or even, you know, especially when they became believers, like they knew they could question us on things. Like we weren't above being, you know, corrected in our thinking. Like they knew they could come to us and do, and we, we have that back and forth with them now. So I think it's a lovely thing, but um, yep. It's all about just really submersing your, your children, in the word of God and teaching them, you know, and being faithful to do that, you know, yeah. and protecting them when they don't see themselves. I remember a friend of mine said, it's so much, it's so important that we will protect our kids even if that means like they don't get to do what other kids do. Like mm -hmm. you didn't do a lot of the spending the night, right? You didn't mm -hmm. do that sleepovers. Other families did. So she's like, it's better for to protect them that way than them go somewhere and something happened to them. And the rest of their life, they're trying to heal from something they were allowed to watch over there or, you know, they were exposed to, or maybe they were even hurt. Be be that be that bad one for them. <laughs> be mad at you, but it's do that you know um, for them, and that's even includes just you know movies and TV shows and what you're watching. You just have to really be discerning and and know have those conversations with your kids and know what could be tempting them and what could be difficult for them. Yeah, and I mean, I, just like uh, even talking about the whole like how men are portrayed nowadays, right? and how we see women trying to be the leaders and to overrule the men. And I think it just made me think of the curse, right? In Genesis 3, what happened there, right? So when God speak, speaks to the woman, right? He said uh, in Genesis 3, 16, to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So that part in there, and I think I heard it from pastor john probably when he said when um god says here yet your desire will be for your husband basically it's just like you as a woman you will try to overrule your husband like your household right to lead to take the lead and i think we see it so vividly now in our society of how women are trying to take the lead and everything and uh women empowerment and and not being mindful that no like it's the men who should be lead, uh, leading and especially in our marriages like marriages like families satan has definitely like um it's been one of the areas that satan just has taken like you know place and destroying and um really just um destroying the um god ordained um help me here <laughs> i forgot leadership at home right so that the man is to be the head of the house right and the woman is to submit to the husband so satan definitely has come in and to just completely break that right? And even with parenting as well. I do have an, another question if I can ask you guys, uh, because, okay, so we're talking about all the things, right? To be mindful about uh, what we're watching, what we're listening to, but what if 
someone who is uh, in the industry who is might be a believer, right? And uh, finding a job, right? Uh, what should I say yes to, or what should I say no to? You know, it, it kind of falls into the same thing, right? Because if you know, like, okay, so this is what the movie is going to be about, the show. How do you go by saying, you know, like, and this is your dream job, but should you be part of a project that goes completely against to what you believe? I want to hear what you ladies have to say. So let's start with Deborah. And then I'll pass um, it on. It's a tough question. Um, <laughs> so I will, okay, I had a friend whose husband worked in the industry and he um, was uh, like a stage person. I don't know what his title was, but he worked in Hollywood industry. It was when I lived in California. And um, we, I actually asked her this one time and we talked about it a little bit because I was just curious, like um, there's so many bad movies out there. So how does her husband navigate that? And for them, they decided that if they weren't going to be comfortable watching the movie later, then he was just not going to work on movies that they weren't going to be comfortable with watching. Mm -hmm. And so that made it difficult to get jobs sometimes yes but they also felt and he had this job for a long time he did it a long time I think he still does it now I'm not 100% sure but um she told she told me that it did make it difficult sometimes because there would be like a really good offer for a movie but then he would find out what the movie's about and not want to be involved in it so he would have to turn it down but for them they found that when they chose to do that and were honoring the Lord by being discerning and um, by making those choices, then they were never in a place where he was without a job, where he couldn't wow. work because the Lord provided for them, even though he turned down jobs that he wasn't comfortable doing, the Lord still provided for them. And he still worked that job for a long time because they, they saw it as them being faithful to honor the Lord. And the Lord was in a way rewarding them for being faithful and being faithful to them by providing for them, even though um, he was in such a sin saturated industry, he was able to um, just choose the jobs that he was comfortable doing. And that that's just the decision they made as a family, which I, I mean, if it were me, I feel like I would probably be the same way. Like, I don't think it is worth working on a movie that is terrible um, just to have a job when I think the Lord, I, I think when you, I don't know how to say it, when you are, um, when you just take whatever job you can get in this scenario, you just take, it's the worst film ever, but you need a job. So you, you take it. I think that is not really trusting the Lord as much as you could be, because you can just say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm not going to take this job because I know that that doesn't honor you or working on it would, um, you know, sear my conscience or I'm not listening to my conscience or whatever it may be, whatever your reason is, um, you can say, you know, in a sense, say to the Lord, okay, I'm trusting you then because I know mm -hmm. that this is not what you want me to do. And I'm going to step out of faith and not take this job, even if I don't have another one lined up or whatever it may be, and just trust that the Lord is going to provide for you. Um, even in that hard choice of 
you know, maybe even saying no to a really good job because it's a bad movie, which would be really difficult. But I mean, that's what I would try to strive to do is trust the Lord enough to be like, okay, I'm going to just honor you with what I'm working on. And I know that you'll, you know, pull through for me, or maybe that means I need to do something else with my life or, you know, whatever the answer is. Um, but just trusting the Lord and make, setting a boundary of, I'm not going to work on X, Y, and Z movies that have X, Y, and Z in them, whatever it is. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. yeah. And I think even for, uh, there is a lady that I know that her and her family, they're, they're Christians and they, um, I've had conversations about this because her uh, son is an actor and just making the decisions, what project, you know, like they, she really like filters, whatever she submits him for acting, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have my child portray this kind of things that are not according to the word of God. So that yeah. she, she's been, you know, just like even that, right. Cause that's his job as an actor, uh, even as an actor, what roles are you willing to take just to be part of Hollywood? Like is, is your role as an actress or actor honoring the Lord is very hard nowadays because everything that it's put out there, most of the things out there, it's just not God honoring. So even that, right? So how can I choose the a role as an actor, especially for act? If it's difficult for crew members to find jobs, imagine for actors to break through in Hollywood. So even more difficult, more challenging, right? So, but even that, being mindful that this is not what I want to portray or be part of or promote this kind of message in this movie. And they're definitely doing that. It just came to my mind. But what about you, Isabel? when you're an actor actress um and you use the word like breakthrough hollywood like mm -hmm. my question would always be like but why mm -hmm. because what hollywood portrays they they don't love our god they do the will of their father satan most of them and that would always that would be my concern like if your art if that's your art and you love to do like why is it so important to break through Hollywood? Why can't you do like those, you know, like Newhall has like, um, what is it called? Um, the place. Yeah, the plays. Thank you. The mm -hmm. playhouses. Like, why can't, why can't you be content doing like plays in your local theater and do that? Why so much that you feel like to break for what? Because if we're supposed to have less of us and more of Christ, we're making ourselves more Christ. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes people have this mentality of, I want to do this because then I'll be able to be a light. Well, be faithful and be a light to the people you're around right now. Like, I don't think you need to break through Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're doing that too much, maybe you have maybe compromised and really shows the desire of your own heart, you know? I, I have never understood that. I, I've heard of Christians becoming actors and taking roles that portray um, lesbianism. And, and it's just, I never understand that because I'm going, how can you say you love Christ, but then participate in something that he died for and that these mm -hmm. people are going to hell for, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people we all know, they go to hell for rejecting Jesus Christ. But right the Lord has given them over Romans one, like, why would you want to portray that just so you could get a paycheck? And then I'll hear people go, well, they use their paycheck for, you know, they give money to this or that, like, no, the mm -hmm. Lord, you know, he's going to advance his kingdom with or without your paycheck. So I think it's really a heart issue. Like, 
why do you really want to do that? And you really mm-hmm. need to examine your heart um, and just be honest. So why do I want to do that? Because I really could do this art in my local little, you know, playhouse. I don't need a breakthrough Hollywood for what? Because most people that are like, they're not even believers that are conservative. They won't even say they're conservative because they will, they won't get any jobs. Mm-hmm. So my thing is like, why are you going to go into somewhere where you, where they have been this way for years and years and they're not going to change. And it's so corrupt. There's so much, like, especially with kid actors, there's so much, um, there's just so many just wolves, like taking advantage of children. I just, for me, if my child wanted to do that, I would probably say probably not a good idea. And yeah. let's examine your motives, why you want to do that. And what do you think you're going to accomplish by doing it? Yeah. You know, and we have to always, we're a testimony. We're walking around and I would question someone if someone said, I'm a believer, but yet I'm okay portraying the character. I would question it because I heard people, well, it's just acting. No, it's not just acting. You are, you are going ahead with their worldview and you are not just agreeing with it. You are agreeing with, you're promoting it. Like it's not a good thing. And so I would read, you started the question, like, do a dream job? Well, examine what that means, dream job. What does that really mean? Like, if our purpose here is to just to advance the gospel, we could do that, whether we're in our homes or like what my husband's doing or Deborah's husband, we could do it like that. We don't have to break into Hollywood to do it. Be faithful or where you're at right now. Yeah. And it's like what you said, right? So um, am I doing, what is the reason why I want to do this? Why is the reason why I want to be part of something? It's because, okay, my dream, I've always loved, like, for me, the reason why I went into the film industry is because acting was my passion. I always loved acting. It was something that it was like, in fact, I wanted to move to Mexico and I wanted to become an actress there, you know, like in telenovelas, like soap operas and things like that. That was like my dream and became my idol. You know, once I became safe, the Lord saved me and everything, it was an idol in my life. So why did I want to do this? Is it, is it because I want, I love the dream, right? Like I, I, it's my passion uh, or is it for fame? Right. And Deborah mentioned a Bible verse earlier, whatever you do, do it to whose glory? To God's glory. Mm-hmm. So am I seeking my glory? Or God's glory. And that's something that we constantly have to be asking ourselves with everything that we do. What? And I think that's something that Richard even asked me about doing this, what we're doing right now. Why do you want to do this? So how is this going to be, you know, beneficial? How is this going to glorify the Lord? Why do you want to do a podcast? Is it just for you, for you to put out yourself out there? Why is, what is the main reason why you, what is your motivation to do something? What is your motivation, right? So always ask yourself, and I have some question in the end that I want to read through, but recently, um, I don't know if it was last year, I don't know if you ladies saw um, some posting about a movie or a show that was released. I saw the poster and it's a movie apparently about Jesus that made him gay. Yep. How blas- like, how did it was, yeah. what is the word? <laughs> Blasphemous? is that against our Lord and Savior, you know? So things like that, that we are seeing, or the movie Cutie. Oh. I, so I didn't see the movie. I saw the poster, 
I think uh, maybe like a, a trailer, short trailer they were showing. I'm like, what are their parents thinking? Is that a way that you're protecting your child? Is that what you're teaching them? But again, if you're not a believer, what else can you do? Because you just want to break through Hollywood and you want your child to break through Hollywood and you're willing to have them portray this image at every cost because you know how difficult it is to break break through Hollywood. It is. Unless somebody knows you and brings you in, you're not making it into there. That would be like a miracle if you just go and get hired. It's always by the person that you just know and, and you know, the, the networking within the industry. That's how difficult and challenging it is, right? Um, and going back to the main point in the beginning, talking about our sanctification. So before I get into that, is, are there any other things that you ladies would like to uh, do, it's, it's talk about, or do you have anything else to add? Uh, I think I would just say, um, when you were talking about, like, it's your dream to be an actress or an actor, I think that can also show how much you're trusting the Lord or not trusting him. Because if it's truly your your dream, like the Lord can give you a new dream um, or a new goal in your life. Or if you're so set on breaking through Hollywood or becoming an actress or an actor, and then you're afraid that if you do something else, you're not going to be happy. That's just not true as a Christian. The Lord can give you contentment for whatever job he's giving you. And I think that um, is important to recognize as believers is it's a it's another trust thing like just how you trust him more uh when you're saying okay i'm gonna not do jobs that have bad things in them you can also trust him to give you a brand new dream if that's what has to happen and that's what's going to honor him when you're chasing something that is not honoring him he's mm -hmm. a big god he can do that he can change your heart and he can make you content and make you happy in the job that he gives you to do if it's not what you thought it was and that's true even if you're not trying to be an actress or an actor whatever job it is or whatever your you know dream job is um and you're realizing that's not going to honor the lord then um he can he can change your heart about anything and um it's it's worth it to trust him yeah having a uh, biblical view on work mm -hmm. you know they were you know at, like he was 10 the garden before the, the fall and um my husband works really hard physically his job's really hard and he always is like look it's i don't love it but it's what like the lord has me do to work to bring him glory he grows me in it and it shows me like weakness and where i need to repent mm -hmm. and so i think sometimes like having that that idea of like a dream job like no you are called to work basically men like work and spread the gospel that's what you're called to do yeah. you're not really called to have i mean and some people do like they do they end up in a field that they really really love and that's wonderful but my thing is are you able are you going to be able to provide for your family your future family and it might not be your so-called dream job whatever that mm -hmm. looks like you know if you were here for such a short time like you're gonna gain glory one day yeah you know um Keep an eternal focus on why the Lord has you here and what he has put you, you know? Amen. And tomorrow is not promised, no, no. you know? And today is the day of salvation. That if you're not a believer, 
that you put your trust in Jesus Christ and you turn away from your sin and come to him, acknowledging I am a sinner um, and I need you. I need you to save me. And not because you're afraid of going to hell, but because you want to have a relationship with the creator, with your Lord who gave up his son for us, right? He made him who you know sin to be sin for us. And that is the dream that you should have. An eternal perspective, knowing that you were desiring, that your main desire will be to be with the creator for all eternity. And going back again to the sanctification, I just want to uh, end up reading a couple of verses. So I'm going to be choosing some of the, those verses that I have here about our own sanctification, what the word of God says about this. Uh, and I'm going to read from 2 Timothy uh, 2.21. Therefore, if anyone cleans cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Galatians 2, 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. One of my favorite verses, by the way. Uh, 2 Thessalonians, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. Uh, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and believe in the truth. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new, the new has come. Romans 6.6. 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we will no longer be enslaved to sin. Hebrews 10.14 For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And then another, uh, another one that I like also. So I'm going to read Romans 6. Okay, no, you actually read it. You said it in the beginning. Um, Philippians 1.6 and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to the complete to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And then I, as I was doing some, um, just kind of like researching a little bit about this, I really like this that I found on GodQuestion.org. I heard that they don't have like to be careful with a lot of things that you read. So just like be discerning <laughs> of what you, uh, you find there. But I really liked uh, some of the questions, they said, like, a discerning Christian uh, television viewer will ask some question and pray, prayerfully answer them. So those are some of the questions that they're suggesting, right? That you ask yourself before you watch anything or, like, you're going to watch something or whatever it is, what is my motive for watching this TV show? And then they give a scripture also, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Does this television show contain material that a as a Christian, I cannot hear or view with a pure mind. Psalm 101.3. Well, watching this TV show further my understanding of my culture and therefore help me communicate Christ more effectively. Or am I sick, seeking a thrill and secretly 
religion is seems of evil. Am I committed to obtaining truth from the word of God rather than from powerful media forms such as television? Can I separate the wheat from the chaff? Can I rejoice in biblical themes a TV show might present while rejecting its ungodly elements? Or do the ungodly elements overwhelm any good contained in the show? Is there a better use of my time? Also, right? Because a lot of that's one of the negative side. Some people can become addictive to television, to social media, to whatever it is, right? So it's just like really asking ourselves. And now I want to read a couple of verses too, just to end, um, to keep in mind um, when we are trying to watch something, listen to something. Um, Matthew 5.28, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 6.22-23, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Romans 12.2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then to end, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is uh, admirable, mm -hmm. Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And this is like one of the verses that I really want us to keep in mind. Is this honor? Is this noble? Is this true? What I'm, what I'm exposing myself to? Is this pure? Is this lovely? Is this admirable? Is, this, is there anything excellent or praiseworthy? You know, is this going to lead my mind to praise the Lord, to glorify him? And if the answer is no then I guess that's the answer. Can you go back to the God, um, the um, things that I think was the second one you quoted from that website. It said something like, do I watch this so I could uh, relate to... Can I separate the wheat from the chaff? No, it's before. Can I, do I watch it to know about culture? Yeah. Of the world? yeah. Oh. That's a, that, that quote because we really don't need to know exactly the culture of other people. Like when we watch this, if we're going, I'm watching this because I really need to understand the Native mm -hmm. American. Oh yeah, right here. Right? Well, watching this show further my understanding of my culture and therefore help me communicate Christ more effectively. And I think with that, you yeah. don't really need to. I'm not saying you, you know, don't need to. The gospel is a mess. Right, mm -hmm. like so, the eunuch when he was being said, he was like reading Isaiah, and what does he say? Like, I just need someone to tell me, and and he 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 mm -hmm. they tell him the gospel, and is it Philip right? Tells him the gospel, yeah, and he's that Philip, yeah. He didn't need to know about his culture to relate to him and give him the gospel. So that's like one thing I think if we're watching things going well, I need to gain understanding in all their cultures to know before I communicate the gospel. That's a dangerous place to be because it's really, you really don't need to know because we're mm -hmm. all sinners. Yeah. We all have fault. We all need Christ. And so that was like, it's just kind of when you had said it, I was like, oh, it kind of made me, my fears perk up. Oh, no, that's now. good. That's yeah. good that you, that you to, got it. To, 
to think about that through and not that we don't um kind of like what pastor john says like i will study and immerse myself in truth so that mm -hmm. when error and stuff comes i'm able to do it so like when we know the truth and we know the need of people mm -hmm. i really don't need to know so much of their background or mm -hmm. their future to give them the, the gospel and maybe if it comes to like their religion and religion because religion has been attached so much to the culture like i know in catholicism it's like part of your culture right so knowing um if you are going to have a conversation right so it is helpful to know kind of like the background so what is it that they truly believe right it's helpful but it's not necessary it's not necessary it's helpful for the conversations but again the point is like no my main goal is to share the gospel so that should be the main core right it's the heart issue and that's what i'm going to address it's your heart right all right so um anything else lady just to i can close us yeah yeah all right so well thank you guys if you any of you have any questions about anything that we have discussed if you have any confusion <laughs> after you listen to this i don't even know how long this is gonna be so we're gonna see if this is three hours two hours two hours so yeah well thankfully we can always invite deborah back right deborah Wait, what did you say? I broke up. Okay. It was like, no, we know that we can always invite Deborah back, right? Oh, yes, <laughs> like, of course. I don't know how long it's going to be. Are you doing the series on modesty? We already did it, right? On modesty? For my blog? Social I think it was your blog or social media. Yeah, I did modesty on my blog and I just wrote an article or it was just posted on um Costi Hinn's website about modesty okay. as well. Okay. Perfect. But there are yeah, it's on my blog. I would love to to have that one, yeah, about modesty. Yeah. 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 Let me talk to Richard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on to the executive decision, yeah, right? I I've or when I was getting my notes ready for this that um I feel like I repeat myself so much that you just need to know the Bible, but it's so true. Um, even in whatever you're talking about as a Christian, you do yeah. need to know your Bible and read it and study it and um, learn it more and more. And when I come to things like this, I'm always like, it's just a reminder of how much we need to know the Bible or for modesty or whatever the topic is. You just need to know God's word and studying it Amen. and yeah, it, it was. I was reminded of that when I was writing my notes for tonight. I was like, "Oh, there's. You just need to know your Bible. Like, just read your Bible uh, and know it." And it made me want to know it more. I was reading yeah. the Bible, right? So. Yeah, and if anyone who will be listening or watching wants to know or hear more about what we just talked about, uh, Deborah actually reviewed also Mo uh, Moana. Uh, you did uh, which others? So you did a bunch of other princess like i can't remember but just go to her social media yeah what what are the others um i think i just did moana and the frozen movies and then i did okay. a highlight on my instagram about just in general disney princesses in general and talk more about feminism and stuff in that highlight but as far as specific movies i think i've only done frozen and frozen 2 and mm -hmm. Moana. Although sometime I have to go on and do Tangled because that's my favorite movie. That's and, my um, favorite. That's our Richards. Oh yeah, no, 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 It's actually a good one. Like I think my review would be 
mostly good of it. So oh, I'm waiting for this one because Richard, this is his favorite. He is not really into animation as much, but that one is his favorite. And we both love it. Like we've watched it a couple of times together. So yeah, yeah we love it. Favorite, like uh, princess movie. Yeah, I love it. And so, yeah, so if any of you guys have any question, thank you if you stay throughout the whole conversation. Apparently it's two hours. <laughs> I don't know how much because I didn't other things, but thank you, Deborah, for joining us. I know that right now it's like 11 for you. Yeah, 11.20. Oh, my word. Sorry, guys, she's in England. We have to let her go. So she it's 11 o'clock for her there. Uh, but thank you again. Uh, Please feel free to share this with any of your girlfriends, <laughs> any of your friends, mom, uh, sister, aunt, whoever, um, that will be helpful for them. Um, this will be, again, on the, the Women's Fear of the Lord, which is hosted by our dear friend Isabel LeBron. And yeah, I will suggest that you go back and listen to some of the episodes that we have already uploaded from Isabel. Very grateful for all the study that you and Miguel put together for us. Um, yeah, so thank you so much, guys. And Deborah, how about you just pray for us? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this conversation that we've had and just the encouragement it is to talk about these um, hard and uh, hard tasks that you give us as Christians and knowing what to watch or what not to watch and discerning your truth amongst all of the untruths that exists in movies and i just thank you for the time to think about it and to talk about it with one another and i pray for anyone who listens to it that they would be encouraged and um you would use it to encourage them in their thinking and to encourage them to get to know the bible more and get to know you more through your word and to use it as the filter for truth in the world that we live in and ultimately lord that you would encourage more people to get to know you as their savior and to come and humble themselves before you as sinners and believe in Jesus because of what he's done. And I just pray for everyone who listens to this podcast and this conversation we've had that you would encourage them in that way. And thank you for Isabel and Arlenis and just the chance to get to talk with them. And uh, it's been an encouragement for me and I hope it is for them as well. And I just pray you'd Bless our days and my night here. In Jesus' name, amen.